Welcome to Brand Slam, the Winning Brands Podcast. This is Episode 9, Sweet Feet Victory with James White. Here are your hosts, Steve Rosa and Joe Kayata. And hello and welcome to the Brand Slam Podcast. He is Adventures founder and CEO, Steve Rosa, and I'm Joe Kayata, broadcasting from Adventures Stadium. Steve, it's Super Bowl weekend, and we've got one of the all-time greats from the big game with us today. We have sweet feet. In the house. He's a three-time champion and hero of Super Bowl 51 in the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, scoring three touchdowns and a two-point conversion, setting a record at the time for the most points scored in a Super Bowl with 20. Please welcome to the show, former Patriot great James White. You Appreciate you guys. Uh, that was a nice introduction. <laughs> we make people feel good when they come out the show. You know, it's a morale booster. Uh, you made us feel good. Many big games. Many, many big games. So, um, I actually got to ask first a personal question: How's Grandma Mary doing? She's she's doing extremely well. My, my mom's living, you know, at her house with her right now. So they're both, you know, retired, not doing too much, relaxing, you know, doing what they need to do on a day to day basis. She's she's great. She's met obviously you met her. I think a lot of people were better, you know, from my high school days to college days to the NFL. You can, I can almost guarantee there's maybe like you or some random person that says, I, I met your grandma. She was telling me stories and, and this and that, or she was praying with her rosary, you know, in the stands during the game, not really watching the football game, but she's just an awesome human being has been supportive for me you know, ever since, you know, little league football all the way until you know, I retired. A great Great woman. We were at a, so Joe's looking at me like, how the hell do you know his grandma? Uh, <laughs> we're a little random, but yeah. <laughs> oh, random. No, we, um, I, I met her at a, a Patriots VIP family, like friend event before Super Bowl, uh, you know, in Atlanta. And I saw this, you know, older woman, you know, outside the ladies room. Um, yeah, as you do, that's usually where you hang out. Yeah, that's usually where I find our best <laughs> podcast guests. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I just love it when I'm like, hey, can you know, are you okay? Can I get you water? Do you need me to find somebody? And she's like, no, no, I'm just taking it all in. She had this grace. She invited me to sit down. Mary comes out of the the ladies room, my wife, and joins us. So I've got me, my Mary. At least you my Mary. Wife with you, yeah. I have my wife with me. Yeah. So I wasn't <laughs> hitting on her though. Although she looked like James, I would have. But anyway, <laughs> we uh, just just a lovely woman. I just wanted you to know that she, the pride she had in you, not because you were a ball player, not because you were in the Super Bowl, just because of the person you are. Um, that that's all uh, an old timer really wants, I think, is, uh, you know, not that she's an old timer. She's a lovely young woman, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's what you want is you want a legacy and you gave her a legacy that she's so proud of. And that really made me feel so good. Um, so I thought you should know that. I greatly appreciate that. I, I said I always wanted to be, you know, a better human being than a football player. I think that's you know the most important thing is, you know, as players, you know, we the role models, even if you don't want to be, there's a lot of people that look up to you that, you know, you can even brighten their day by the way you perform or, you know, an act of kindness. So I always just try to, you know, be a great human being on and off the football field. Well, I think you've done that, buddy. Uh, yeah. James, the big game is this weekend. You played in three of them and had one of the greatest performances ever down in Houston. What do you recall as a player about that opportunity to step on the biggest stage in all of sports? I was... 
I was anxious. I was excited. Uh, my rookie season, I didn't get to play, you know, in the Super Bowl, but I saw, you know, what it took from, you know, getting drafted, OTAs, training camp, regular season playoffs, making it to the Super Bowl, not playing, you know, pretty much whatsoever that year. But I, I saw what it took. And, you know, seeing our football team win that game, Malcolm making that interception against the Seahawks, I always said to myself, I was like, if I ever got to play on this stage, because you, you never know if you're going to actually get to play into the Super Bowl. You never know if you're going to make it to the playoffs once again. Although our organization, we were really good at the time. We were making it to the playoffs, championships, every single, almost every single season. But I just wanted to make my mark on a football game. And that, that first half, I thought we were about to get blown out. I was like, man, I get my first opportunity and we're about to get ran out of the stadium. You know, my first time playing the Super Bowl, but, you know, things settled in eventually in the second half. And I said, I just wanted to be a viable option for Tom, just make the right plays and just eventually make the game close. And as it wasn't just myself, it was, you know, Danny, Chris Hogan played a ton of snaps, Malcolm Mitchell, you know, Martell has been in the offensive line. There's so many guys that contribute, you know, to that, that comeback. And it almost took perfection from like midway, you know, through the third quarter, you know, through that fourth quarter, we need a lot of things to go our way to win. Everybody, everybody did their job, man. Just what, what you know, what was preached. Uh, everybody did their job. Can you tell us about the, uh, the, the emotions in the locker room? You're down 28-3 at halftime. What was the, what was the mood like before you very humbly went out and scored three touchdowns and a two point <laughs> conversion. Just took over the game, 20 points, yeah. 14 receptions. I don't know how many hundreds of yards. It's like, yeah. the, the mood was, it was kind of, it was kind of somber for the most part. It was just like, but when the message from Bill was like, we were, we weren't playing our brand of football. Obviously the, the Falcons were dominating the football game, but a big part of it was we were allowing them to do that, turn the football over, you know, not doing much on offense, couldn't stop them. Know, on defense, we were just able to bow up on defense, protect the football offense, you know, just score a few points just to you know make it a little bit closer. We knew we'd potentially have a chance. It was it was <laughs> it took a lot of things to go our way, like I said earlier, but it was an electric atmosphere in that second half. In, in that locker room, it was just guys just knew that wasn't our brand of football. And if we wanted to make it a game, we just had to play clean football from there on out. Otherwise, you stand no chance. If you continue to turn the football over and you keep allowing them to move up and down the field, you're never going to come back and win that football game. James, as I glance at the stat sheet from that game, I think 110 receiving yards, six carries, 29 rushes, game-winning touchdown in the first overtime in Super Bowl history. Now, with all respect to Tom Brady, who is the game MVP, I think we all in this room and across New England know who the real MVP was. The MVP. Did say anything to you afterwards? Like, hey, you can have whatever the trophy is or whatever, the, the car, the whatever. He, he said it when we went up on stage, you know, when they were presenting him the award. He's like, you know, I think this guy right here deserves to be the MVP. But like, he, he performed well as well. And like I said, you know, trophy or not, I think when everybody thinks of that football game, I think, you know, they have an understanding of, you know, how I helped my team win. So I think that's really all that matters. Three touchdowns after, you know, after halftime and you MVP all the way, man. You were that Super Bowl GOAT, that's for sure. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say after that game, I remember 
the hoopla, you know, we're as members of the media are right kind of in the tunnel. We run out onto the field. We bombard everybody. And I remember at the end of the night, we were wrapping up and you were still walking with your uniform on. I think you had your hat on with <laughs> Stacey James kind of in the, the tunnels of the stadium by yourself, just kind of embracing the moment. I went up to you and said, hey, congrats, man. And you were like, you know, the nicest guy ever, as you always were. But in a moment like that, where you were just on NFL Network, Sports Center, every media outlet wanted to talk, you still had time for the little guy, which I always appreciate about you. Can you talk about that moment in being humble in the way you are as a person? Because in that time, you could have just been like, I'm not talking to you guys i'm hollywood now i just put in a performance <laughs> for the ages i would have big time to yeah, the big time yeah. <laughs> be plenty of people have. yeah i just wanted to soak it all in obviously this is a super bowl it's something you know everybody's tuning in watching even people who don't necessarily even watch football throughout the year everybody's tuning to the super bowl and i happen to make a big impact on the game so i understand there was going to be plenty of people that you know wanted to ask me questions so I don't think I really said no to anything. I felt I, I must have been on the field after the game for, I don't even know, for like an hour and some change, like doing interviews, going from person yeah. to person. And like I said, it was, it was a little exhausting at times, but I I just wanted to embrace everything, enjoy the moment, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I just wanted to make them the most of the opportunity. By the time I got to the locker room, everybody was gone. <laughs> I was the only person in there. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a different feel, but like I said, I, I enjoyed every moment of it. Well, I, to put the magnitude, you're so humble, to put the magnitude of what you achieved uh, in perspective, I look over, I can't believe what's happening on the field. I kind of kind of forgot I had my six-year-old son with me for a moment. I was so caught up in the game. <laughs> you lost him? You lost Stevie? I, I lost Stevie, but I, I, I find him, and he's crying, but he's, he's not crying because... I lost him. He's crying. He's, he's crying. He's like, Dad, I'm I'm so happy. And, 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 but there's this this tears are coming out of my eyes. But I'm so happy. I'm like, son, those are tears of joy. Yep. You gave my son his first tears of joy in life, and uh, that's you, that's priceless, dude. So you that memory you gave me was incredible. So thank you. And I'm just wondering, do you still uh, obviously still get like that's probably what you're known for, right? That performance. 100%. Do you still get that when you're out and about <laughs> signings like that is your moment? Yeah, that's 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 the number one thing. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, in my opinion. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, throughout the rest of my career, I never wanted that to be like the the only thing that I ever did to help my team win football games. I wanted to make an impact, you know, on a game to game basis. So I mean, obviously I wanted to go out there and perform well, but of course people are gonna remember, you know, a Super Bowl coming back from 28 to three, of course, that's going to be the thing that they remember most. I said, and rightfully so. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> well, if I can be bold enough to call out Tom Brady, who, you know, maybe your co-MVP to be generous, he owes you some like uh, new bowl kicks or something for your sweet feet. Cause you know, that, I don't know if you heard about that deal going down there, but TB12 is good quality stuff, good quality brand, good get for, uh, for both of those guys. He definitely owes you some kicks, man. I got, I'm going to hit him up about that. That's, that's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. <laughs> and, and James, from a branding perspective, because that's kind of what we are, what we do here at Adventures is branding and marketing. And you branded yourself. I remember early in the career with Sweet Feet. And I remember we were talking one day at your locker and I'm like, what's this Sweet Feet thing? Like, where did it come? And you, you gave me the backstory about your agent yeah. and this and that. Tell us the story of Sweet Feet and the evolution of that. Well, when I got drafted, my agency, they said I should change my Twitter. And I don't even, I don't even remember what it was at the time. And the first thing that came to mind was, was Sweet Feet White or something like that. Just a name that my creative writing teacher called me in like a senior skit. It wasn't even anything serious. It's just something he you know, went out. He was telling a story 
they're telling a fun story about like everybody in our senior class, that type of thing. And he just threw it out there at that point. And that was just the first thing that came to mind when creating a Twitter handle. And that's just what I did. I put it on my Instagram and all that. Then like eventually like within the locker room, you know, like Tom calls me and everybody in the locker room is calling me and eventually the fans are calling me. So it just kind of stuck with me and it fit my style of play. I think like my feet was the, my ability that allowed me to succeed where those runner routes are making guys miss. So it fit perfectly. How can our business listeners, right, um, prepare for that big moment, right? It's coming, whether you're in business, in life, whatever. How can you prepare for those high pressure situations so you can come out at halftime and win in overtime? Yeah. I always say for myself, never make the moment bigger than what it is. You can't, like, obviously, you know it's a big moment. If you go into it, you know, like over anxious, overexcited, then you may not perform, you know, as well as you wanted to. So I always try to treat, you know, if you know something's coming, I'm going to treat it just like I do every other day. So that's, that way you're prepared and locked in when that time comes. So that's consistency. That's something that I always prided myself on, you know, being the same person every day, you know, knowing, letting my coaches, my teammates know what type of player, what type of person they were going to get in on a day-to-day basis. And I know it's something that was preached to me in college. If you're, they always told me, if you're an A player, be an A player every day. If you're a C player, be a C player every day. So the coaches kind of know what to expect from you. And that's kind of how I tried to approach you know, myself, you know, whether it's football or whether even today, just you know, being consistent in, you know, in your craft and your work ethic, and it all pay off when you know you need it the most. When we talk about great leaders in Patriots, we think of Tom Brady's, the Devin McCourty's, the Matthew Slater's, you. You were a different leader. I remember yeah. talking to you about your leadership style. And you weren't a guy, a rah-rah, get in somebody's face, grab their helmet, and yell at them. But you led by example. Can you talk about your leadership skill and how it worked for you? Yeah. For me, I just want to show people the right way to go out there and execute at a high level, the right way to prepare, whether it's you know lifting weights or, or practicing art. I just wanted to be examples. If you could look to like, okay, if I just you know possibly do what James is doing, maybe I'll perform better in practice. Maybe I'll perform better in the game. Let me follow you know James around on you know Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. See what he does. Maybe that'll help with you know my preparation to get prepared to play on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, whatever day you're playing. So that was kind of you know my role. I just wanted to be an example for you know younger players or older players like how to succeed, especially within our organization. It's not an easy place to play. The coach is going to coach you hard. They want you to, you know, play at a high level in practice and in games. And that's what I tried to, you know, go out there and show and be a great example for a lot of young players that came into the organization. You you played it you, like you played the game. You played your leadership role, you know, role right. You, you need every lead, you know, you need leaders who lead by example and besides, you you know you probably couldn't have got a word in edgewise with you know you had McCourty who's been on the slam. You have uh, Matthew Slater who can out preach the Pope, right? Yep. You, <laughs> you I knew my role. Yeah. You know, you know your role. You know your role, man. Know your role. You you know you definitely brought it. And uh, Mayo, Gerard Mayo, yeah, yeah, too, Mayo the new too, head coach. Yep. Yeah, and, and that yep. brings us to the next subject, really, of yep. like the coaching. And before we get to Gerard and your thoughts on him, let's talk about Bill. What Bill meant to you, obviously. Things turned the last couple of years. Yep. You were there when things started going downhill a little bit, the year you injured yourself and had to retire early. Can you talk about what Bill meant to you as a person and a leader? I mean, it meant a whole lot. Like I said, you know, being drafted, you know, by this franchise, 
you know, as a 22 year old or 23 year old, whatever I was at the time, just knowing what they had art, how much success they had already had prior to me getting there. I just thought it was the perfect fit for me. Just a blue collar, hard nose, you know, hard coaching and work ethic. That's, you know, what I wanted to be a part of. And, you know, being in that building, it's, it's hard as a rookie, those, you know, those first few months, that first year it's long, it's tough. You're trying to figure out you know, why are these guys coaching me so hard? Why are we practicing so hard? And then when you're there, you know, against, you know, the Seahawks, your rookie season, guys are making plays. You win a Super Bowl championship. You're like, okay, like this is what it's all for. This is why he's coaching you so hard. This is why he's on you about this because in the biggest moments, you're prepared and ready to go. So so as far as the preparation, accountability, and so many other things, just from every single year, like he's going to find ways, you know, to make you better. And he made me better as a football player. I just, you know, embraced my role. They, they found a niche for me. Wasn't probably necessarily I probably wanted to be a first, second, and third down back. They found a role for me being, you know, a third down back or, you know, kind of an interchangeable, you know, guy finding mismatches. I just embraced my role and I wanted to be the best at that. And I'm like I said, I'm forever grateful for him obviously drafting me, finding a role for me there, you know, being a captain, all that. This a lot of great players that have come within, you know, the Patriots organization. I'm just glad to be a part of it. I, I always thought you were the perfect Patriot, the perfect guy for Bill, because Bill likes guys to put their head down, follow the lead, and just go out and work hard. The new generation doesn't act like that. Do you think that time may have passed them by and the game passed them by, that these new kids come in and it's like, who's this guy screaming at me and, and you know, yelling, no days off? Like, our four, you know, our days off. Like, yeah. do you think the game has passed them by? I don't think the, the game has necessarily passed them by. It's just all about finding the right players. I think that's when it comes to any coach is finding the guys that you believe you'll be able to coach hard that can embrace, you know, your coaching style. And like I said, he's he's a lot different from, you know, my rookie year to the year I retired. Like, you can tell he's adjusted. He's not, you know, as tough and as critical as, as he once was. And I'm sure when I got there, he's probably even more critical you no, know, ten years prior prior to me getting there, so I can I can only imagine that as a coach, you're always you know evolving. You can never. It's just like a player; you, you gotta stay up with the times. You gotta evolve as a player. You gotta evolve as a coach. I just think it's all about having the right players within your organization. Absolutely, I think you know one of the things they may have gotten away from is you know uh, prioritizing players who love football yep. and love <laughs> the grind. Right? We have a saying here at Adventures like you gotta love the dig. Right? Anyone would love to find dinosaur bones, right? But, but <laughs> yeah. they, you know, the archaeologists, those people, they 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 do they love the dig, whether or not they find the bone, right? They love the hunt, and that's what I think. It, you know, I think if, if there was any missteps there, is they got away from guys that loved football as as much as you did. Yeah, and I'm sure it's, it's hard to find. Like I said, it's it's different now. Kids can get paid in high school, kids can get paid in college, mm -hmm. and then you make it to the NFL, and like you get there and you know, you want things kind of handed to you. But then when, when you get to the NFL, like, look, we're all in the same same boat here. We're all trying to put in work. Nothing is going to be handed to you. You got to really embrace the grind. Like, I've never played on any other – played at any other organization, so I don't know, you know what that's like. So, like, coming to a Patriots organization, you got to come in and be ready to work. Like I said, no starting role is going to be handed to you. No reps are going to be handed to you. Now, maybe if you're a first-round pick, second-round pick, you'll get, you know, thrown in there a little bit quicker based off of your – Know, your draft position, but you got to go out there and earn, you know, everything when you play for a guy like Bill Belichick. Tell tell us about your podcast, if you if you could. Oh, yeah. I'm working on Money Down podcast with myself and two of my former Wisconsin teammates, the George Shell and Warren Herring. We talk, you know, sports, business. Then right now we're covering the 
the playoffs, and that's the most hot thing right now when it comes to sports. But yeah, just talking the game, sharing stories. Gonna have you know great guests on there. We had Jonathan Taylor. Gonna have some more guys on there in the coming weeks. Ryan Shazier. We're gonna have some fun people on there. Just enjoy talking football, talking life, sharing stories, whether it's you know parenting or just you know life as a whole. Glad to see that you, you know you're doing well in, in the podcast game and, and helping us out as well because the, the cross promotion is really awesome. We talk about um, Bill leaving, and then the new guy obviously is Gerard Mayo, a guy that you played under. Obviously, who's on the defensive side of the ball, assistant coach in the building, former player. What are your thoughts on him as the new head coach of the New England Patriots? I think it's a great hire. Um, I've heard a few people say this. He's a guy. He's you know seen the organization at its highest. And he's seen it, you know, right now where it's, you know, they're trying to get back, you know, to where they once were. So I think he will have a great understanding of, you know, what he wants to see from the past and what, you know, kind of his vision for the team is going forward. High energy guy, you know, great character, great human being, great leader, can speak to, like he said in his introductory press conference, like he he can speak to anybody. It's, it's the truth. And I think he's a motivator. And you can see once he got the head coaching job, you saw – you know, the guys that are currently on the team or may even be free agents this upcoming season, how they're like, I would love to come back and play for a guy like Gerard Mayo. I think that's a great sorry. Wow. Uh, either um, someone's making an obscene gesture at us or it's almost time for you to go. So <laughs> before you go, um, we have to. I have to ask, what's your Super Bowl prediction uh, for the upcoming game here? Ooh. That's... 49ers or the Chiefs. <laughs> are the Chiefs coming for you? Are they coming for your dynasty, man? Yeah, man. I think they already are a dynasty. They've, they've gotten, you know, two Super Bowls in the last, what, you know, four years or so. They're in AFC championships every single season. You got Mahomes. You got Chris Jones. You got Kelsey. You got your core guys there. And I've just been impressed with their defense. They have a lot of young players on there. You know, last year they played well, and this year they played even better. I, I would say – they were the best part of their team, you know, all year long. Their offense was kind of, you know, teetering. Everybody questioning whether you know, they would be to this point. It's hard betting against Pat Mahomes. It's kind of like the he's getting into that, you know, that Brady, you know, category when you, you bet against him and then he ends up winning. I bet against him last year saying they, they were going to lose and they won. So I'm going to have to say I'm, I'm saying the Chiefs get this one. <laughs> Steve, how about you? What you got? Oh, uh, my, my prediction? I, I don't know, man. This For me, this Super Bowl is Taylor Swift versus Olivia Culpo. Christian <laughs> McCaffrey's girlfriend. She's a Rhode Islander. A Rhode Islander. So, a Rhode Islander. Rhode Islander. Yeah, Taylor yeah. lives here sometimes. Taylor, Taylor lives yeah, Rhode so it's like yeah. a battle of Rhode Island. You know, yeah. all things lead through Rhode Island. And uh, I don't know. I think... Well, Taylor Swift will never wilt under pressure. She sells out stadiums. She <laughs> won't let the big game get too big for her. No offense, Olivia. Tom Brady had James White. Taylor Swift has Brittany Mahomes, and I would not mess with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I want to see the 49ers win, right? I want to see them win, and I can see them winning in my head. Yeah. But every time it comes to the end of the game, it's the time management. It's the Pat Mahomes effect. They always find a way to win, similar to what you guys did. When sitting in the crowd, you're like, all right, two minutes to go. Pat's down by five. Tom's going to do what he does. Yep. <laughs> and that's how I feel with him. So I think they're going to win 34-28, and they do back-to-back for the first time, I think, since you guys did it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. I, I love Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, the way he's able to dial up these game plans. I'm sure they're going to try to dial something up to kind of slow Brock Purdy down, get him off his time clock. They did Lamar Jackson, you know, a couple weeks ago. I think it's going to be extremely fun to watch. If the 49ers 
can get after Patrick Mahomes like the Tampa Bay Bucks did a few years ago in the Super Bowl, that's that's the way they win the football game. If they don't do that, then Chiefs win all the way. All right, well, guess what, Steve? Oh, come on, man. Don't. Yeah, on, that's man. it. That's overtime. it. Yeah, overtime. No, no overtime. Sweet Pete can't do it. Yeah. He can only do one overtime, overtime in Super Bowl history. That does it for this episode of the Brand Slam Podcast. Thank you to James White for joining the show. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. We're proud of you, too, man. You did grandma, you know, proud. You did us proud, Ben. You're just uh, awesome. Thanks for being here. All right. For more information, you can visit adventures.com. That's adventures with two Ds. You can also email us at thebrandslam at adventures.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the big game, everyone. We love you, Olivia and Christian. We just happen to love Taylor and, and you know, Travis Moore. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please help Brand Slam win. Share new episodes with friends. Like and post about them on your social channels. The exposure will help us keep bringing quality content to you. Thanks again from your friends at Brand Slam, the winning podcast from Adventures.